this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. Just when I thought I would not have anything to discuss about water with disaster preparation, all this stuff hits this week about Mississippi. We really haven't heard too much about Mississippi and the water quality. About 150,000 residents without, uh, reliable, without a reliable water supply. Where they have low water pressure and then contaminated water. And it's a big mess over there. You could Google it. And the other one is in my home state of New York. Again, with arsenic in a New York City apartment building. So we have, for review, we have four different scenarios we have to deal with when preparing for a disaster. This is how I describe them. I haven't seen this described any other way. You have your immediate disaster, category one, from zero to 24 hours. Category two, from 24 to 72 or 96 hours. Then you have category three, which would be uh, from 96 hours after about a month. And then you have category four, 30 days out and more. So the government says you should have enough water for like three days, four days. That's that category two situation as I describe it. The problem with Mississippi is that it's been going on since the beginning of the summer with all the situations. They had floods, they had all different types of situations. And now how do you prepare for that? It's the middle of the summer. If anyone's been in Mississippi in the summer, it's hot. It's real hot. So now that one gallon of water that, well, let's back up a little bit. According to the Mayo Clinic, the average man needs about one gallon of water per day. Average woman, a little bit less than that. So we'll just round it up to one gallon per person per day. And that's if you have a sedentary situation. That's not if you're not working. That's if you don't have any other major health problems, which may preclude you from drinking water. Uh, for example, my father who recently passed away could not drink any more than something like 40 ounces of fluid a day. And that included uh, from his food because he was on dialysis. I don't know. You got to check with your medical provider on that. And uh, or if you're going to be working harder, it's going to be more or less, what have you. You got to prepare for it. So now let's do some back of the envelope calculations here. That means in a 30 day period, you would have to have 30 gallons of water. That is only for drinking. That's not for flushing the toilets, bathing, uh, washing dishes, anything like that. So you're probably gonna need a lot more than that. That requires a lot more preparation. So what do people I know uh, do? They have a supply of paper products, paper plates, uh, plastic knives and forks, things of that nature, or they don't have to necessarily clean or wash dishes. That saves some water, but how much of this stuff are you really going to have? Something to consider. Your source of water. Is your source of water, for let's say sanitary purposes, a swimming pool? 
or maybe at the impending disaster, you were thinking ahead of time and you went and collected water. So for example, if you had 55 gallon drums on, in, your, in your facility, clean ones for drinking or anything like that appropriate for carrying water, how long is it going to take you to fill that up? Let's say you have a family of four living in a home. One gallon of water per person per day, that's four gallons. 30 days, that's uh, 120 gallons just for drinking. Now that's almost three, right? Uh, no, uh, 55 gallon drums pretty standard, right? So three of them, that comes out to what, 165 gallons. Now you're approaching here where you're over two of those drums. Where are you gonna keep it? Where are you gonna store it? If you're living in an arid area, you may not ha be able to do that because of water uh, restrictions that, you know, you may be on well water that might preclude you from gathering that much water in a short amount of time, right? Uh, so again, put it out for a month, that's 120 gallons. Let's say you're living, in, no, so I'm living in a house. Yeah, do I have room for 120 gallons of water? Yeah, probably. Uh, what does this come down to? Uh, well, a case of water is just under five gallons of water. So now you're dealing with, no, five gallons of water, uh, 120 gallons. That's 120 divided by five. That's a boatload of cases of water. Or if you do the math, 24 cases of water for a month. Where are you going to keep that? If you're in an apartment, you have room for 24 cases? How are you going to get it up there on short notice? That's something else you have to consider. Are you going to have storage of water on site? Okay. Let's say you have an impending disaster. Uh, you have pretty good water flow, right? 80 or 90 PSI in the, uh, the lines. Now uh, you're able to get approximately one gallon per minute. So uh, you're gonna need 125 gallons. That's 125 minutes, just over two hours, filling up water for one month. All right, well, that may not be uh, uh, feasible. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. Do you have now let's talk about cost let's say you already have contaminated water it's after the fact like a lot of these residents in mississippi now you have another line item in your family budget you're buying water 
And I can guarantee you there are people gouging for bottled water down there in Mississippi. At least one person is out there gouging uh, for water. And that's for, just for drinking. Now for sanitation, what do you do? All of this stuff has to be worked out ahead of time. How much water? Where are you going to store it? Now let's, uh, are you going to ration it? Now, here's the other thing. There's a lot of advertisements out there for water treatment systems. And I, no, full disclosure here, I used to sell water treatment systems for residential uh, homes. No company will give you a guarantee of what the output is of those filters. Even the best ones out there, because they can't know what you're putting through those filters. So when someone says, hey, use this filter and everything is filtered out, that's not necessarily true. One, that filter may be overloaded at a certain point and may let contaminants through. Uh, the second thing to consider is, is that filter rated for the contaminants that you're dealing with in that water? Third thing is, what are you putting into it? Because what you're putting into it may uh, impact what you're getting at on the other end. Are you, are you uh, going to go and boil water, for example? They always say boil water on a boil water alert. And it always seems to be, you know, maybe it's just coincidence that these boil water alerts happen when there is work being done on uh, the water mains. Right? It happened a lot to us last year. We were on boil water alerts. Don't use it for cooking. Don't use it for bathing. Blah, 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 blah. All that goes into that. What are the proper procedures? How long are you going to boil it? How are you going to boil it? Guess what? In the major disaster, you may not have access to electric. You may not have access to... Uh, gas if you're working off a of gas right like propane or natural gas for your house how are you going to boil that this is going to be with wood and we all always get i mentioned this a couple weeks back security someone knows you have clean water someone knows that you have a way to purify water there's a good chance that you now become a target and you made your situation worse who are you going to share that information with what kind of security are you going to have for around that? Are your neighbors trustworthy? I, I No, I always favor keeping your mouth shut as to what your disaster preparations are and give it to whoever is appropriate to give it to. Friends, family, close friends, close family, what have you. These are the kinds of decisions that a lot of families had to go through 10 years ago with Superstorm Sandy here in the New York, New Jersey area. Where we are not used to dealing with major disasters, some areas of the country, uh, along the Gulf Coast, uh, the southeastern United States, they have hurricanes, they deal with a lot of this stuff all the time. Up here in the Northeast, if we have a snowstorm or something like that, okay, we know how to deal with that pretty well. But a major disaster like Superstorm Sandy, now you have the issue with this, uh, some of my story here, we were living in a house in Chestnut Ridge and the uh, water treatment facility for Rockland County was uh, flooded. So we couldn't drink the water. Uh, using it for bathing was questionable, but using it to flush the toilets, we were able to manage that. Uh, if we didn't, if we were unable to flush the toilets, that would have been a, ma that would have been a major issue, believe me. Uh, now, uh, what do we do? We can't drink the water. We had plenty of bottled water. I said, and I was uh, newlywed, I said, honey, 
Let's go and get every container that we have that can hold water, including the garbage cans, and let's fill them up with water. She said, why? I said, well, in case we lose water, and now we have potable water to drink. I wouldn't drink it out of the garbage can, but pots, pans, glasses, pitchers, bowls, uh, anything that can hold potable water, meaning drinkable water, we have. That way, if we could at least go and boil that, purify it somehow, we, have, we increase our chances of not having a problem. What's uh, some other stuff to think about? Let's say that you're a first or second responder. First responder, we know. EMTs, firefighters, uh, emergency services, police, that sort of thing. Even um, the military. They have a, a lot of this stuff worked out with water supplies. They know about how long there, it takes for you to get uh, where you're going to need water. Things of that nature. Your second responder companies, which are the ones I normally deal with. Those are your cleanup contractors. Your... Uh, uh, maybe they're called in to help the first responders on something. A lot of those companies are not necessarily prepared for a water issue. So what's the rule of thumb? I always tell the responders, for the first day of an emergency, always have water with you. You get the phone call, hey, I need you X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Okay, always have your water on hand for you for one day, which I would always say about two gallons of water. And if I'm going to choose between a large bottle of water a large container of water for drinking water, I'm usually going to favor a smaller bottle of water. This way, if something happens, something gets contaminated, now you only have a little bit of contaminated water, not a big container of contaminated water. And you have basically the first four hours or five hours of a major emergency, or even a minor one, an oil spill, things of that nature, I would consider you being 100% responsible for yourself as far as water, food, uh, things of that nature. Once you start, if you're a manager, once you start getting beyond the three and four hour mark, you need to decide, and hopefully you have it planned out ahead of time, how are we going to get these people food, water, things of that nature? Now you may say, well, hey, they're going home at night, they're responsible for lunch, brown bag it. That's all fair and good. But in a major disaster, you may not be able to do that. So now you have to figure out how you're actually going to feed these people. What's the bottom line for most of these disaster preparation episodes? You've got to plan things out. Assess, analyze, act. To get a lot more education than what I'm giving you here. There's different methods of purifying water. There's different sources of water. Things of that nature. And like I said, the government uh, requires to, or is asking really, two or three days, maybe four days worth of water in your house. I think that's doable for most people. Anything longer than that, you're going to run into a situation. And you got, may have to get a little bit creative. We're going to talk about food in our next program. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Pozel. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Pozel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. 
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.